3: The
1: time has come!
4: Saturday night's all right for fighting. And oh. Push him down! Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be in your company. If you this is the first time that you've ever come to listen to the Fight Night podcast, please press subscribe. I don't want you missing out on any future content that we throw your way. You can do it on iTunes. That's where we're available. And if you need an Android feed, we are available on the TalkSport website. Get yourself on there. It's self-explanatory. Just hit the button, subscribe, and it'll turn up in uh, the feed that you receive uh, your weekly podcasts. Now, we have a live show every single Saturday night. On Talk Sports, sometimes we bring you some live fights, but when we don't bring you live fights, we bring you live debate, and we try our very best to get the biggest and best names to come and have a bit of a conversation with us. Um, throughout this podcast, you are going to hear from people that fought on Saturday night, both in the UFC and in boxing, uh, that uh, had victories, and they were, uh, let's just say, euphoric. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be speaking to them very, very shortly. Uh, we heard from Chris Eubank Jr. as well on the show. And a man that um, I've been a huge fan of for a short period of time, uh, who has been doing major things over in the States, and he's on the cusp of fighting for a world title. Virgil Ortiz, great name. He's on the show as well, so make sure you stick around for that. But first of all, we're going to start with a conversation that we had with the top-ranked president, uh, Todd DeBuff. You may have seen this week that top rank are part of the new Sky Sports package that you are going to be receiving very, very soon. And as well as that, Todd, obviously, being the president of uh, top rank. Had a few thoughts on everything that's been going on with Oscar Valdez this week. This is how it sounds.
5: This has been something I've uh, dreamed about for o- almost two decades. Uh, it's been, you know, from, you know, when, you, when Sky launched uh, early on, and we were always sitting on the doorstep trying to, you know, uh, you know, get our content and get our prize fighters in front of the UK fans, because we know how well they just clamor to the sport of boxing. So, you know, it's nothing, long, nothing wrong with waiting a little time here, uh, but we're finally there, and I think this is a wonderful partnership for both of us, and uh, I think it's great for all the fans out in the
4: UK. Josh Taylor, the king of his division, uh, a very popular fighter in Scotland. How excited are you of, of building his profile even further now and turning in, into one of those crossover stars that could really conquer the world?
5: Well, I think, you know, I, I think one of the things we've put our, our, our attention at and we credit, you know, the fighters that want to do that is, you know, is bringing all the titles together. Right. That is such a Herculean task in this business. And it is just amazing that he was able to do that, um, as we saw when Loma and Lopez did it and Crawford did it at 140 with Indongo. And I think once you do that, you are sending a message. And he fought spectacularly against Ramirez um, in that final piece of that equation and in a brilliant fight where he weathered some early tough stuff, you know, then made caught uh, Ramirez uh, and then caught him again, twice in the match and really, really showed how skilled fighter he was and and how brilliant he was on the skill side of it. And I think his personality is just blossoming. Um, And for us to be able to bring that free to you on Sky is just another, you know, feather in the cap of the partnership and trying to get to the most fans to see it.
4: Have you been to Scotland yourself before?
5: Um, I have not been to Scotland (laughs) myself before. Mm
4: -hmm, But mm -hmm. I can
5: tell you this.
4: I can say this to you.
5: My son who is in college, during the pandemic, when they didn't allow kids back and he was moving, he was working on a, uh, being educated on a remote basis, he actually said, I'm going to Scotland. And he lived <laughs> in Scotland for one month <laughs> in an in a, um, Airbnb and God had did all of his homes, his schooling from Scotland and he just wanted to travel and that was the place he ended up at. So I'm kind of, he was sharing it with me through a phone, but now hopefully in December, I'm going to have, have my air
6: over there.
4: Gareth, he's in for a bit of a treat, isn't he? When, he, when Todd De- does come over to experience those, uh, those fans.
3: They are pound for pound among the most partisan <laughs> stentorian fans you'll ever see. And jo- and Josh Taylor will be, I think, I think he's become very popular in his home country since, as you say, the brilliant victory over Jose Ramirez, but the recognitions there for him. And I think <clears throat> not only will there be great passion for him in Scotland, but victory over Catterall, if you wanted to take him back to America, will give him that, that traveling the travelling hordes, if you like, that can take him back to places like Vegas.
4: Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And uh, the schedule that is uh, that Sky have announced this week is uh, is stellar. Of course, we're speaking about Josh Taylor's fight there with Jack Catterall, which goes down on December the 18th. Uh, G- um, Gareth, a moment or two ago, mentioned the Jamel Herring and Shakur Stevens fight, which goes down on October the 24th. This all kicks off next week uh, on September the 11th with uh, Oscar Vardas taking on Robson uh, Conceição. Um, obviously, this week... Uh, Todd, there's been a lot of talk about that particular fight, which kicks off this sky schedule for everybody here in the UK this weekend coming... Mm -hmm. Um, and listen, everybody's gone back and forth, whether it's over social media, radio shows, television shows, about whether that fight should go ahead or shouldn't go ahead. I've, I've looked into the reasons as to why it is going ahead, and I can understand those reasons. But from a WBC point of view, can you understand the frustrations of fans as to why they, they, they don't believe that that fight should go ahead, given the fact that the WBC adhere to varda testing?
5: I, l- listen, I, I can see that perspective. Um, I, think, I think this is part of the education of the PED programs that we have um, across the board. I did not know until this week that there was a difference between the states, the regulation, and the ABC, yeah. and WADA testing and VADA testing and it was repra- and i'm just telling you i had no idea there was a difference none i did not know that this the, the regulatory bodies that regulate us as promoters with privileged license is the is the are the states yeah that is the agency that we should all be in sync with and the fighters get regulated by them too they get licensed by them therefore the agencies that are doing the testing should all be in sync with those regulatory commissions, those bodies. Yep. And I think, I think this has a morphed. I don't think it's an indictment of anybody, but I do believe it's an indictment of inconsistency and actually communicating the differences to both, right? And I, and I, and I think because it wouldn't be fair if one fighter had USADA testing and another fighter had VADA testing. I didn't know that there was a difference in the in how they tested and that the states don't accept the water uh, testing they are they're complying under wada and usada so i think it's education for all of us i don't think it's an indictment the one thing we do know is the substance that was found in it is not considered a performance enhancing uh, substance. Um, and it's not a diuretic, which was misrepre- grossly misrepresented um, in the media and on the social space. And people did take, did take to that, which I, I really, you know, I think I take a little bit of offense to. And I think there is something of a difference between an adverse finding and a violation of a ban and prohibi- a prohibited substance. That was an adverse finding, right? There is difference. Mm-hmm. I remember, Gareth, and maybe you, you follow MMA very well. We remember when John Jones tested positive out of competition three weeks before a fight, he had an adverse fighting of cocaine in the system,
7: mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. right? And he went ahead and fought in three weeks because it was a substance. That he, that test was taken by the state. It was a substance that was in his body, right, out of competition and, and it was an adverse finding. And until people found out that cocaine is illegal in competition, right? Mm-hmm. In, and we've seen this amorphous clearly with marijuana, right? Because marijuana – I mean, Gareth yeah. uh, <clears throat> – uh, are you familiar with the testing <laughs> of marijuana? I'm not. I'm not implying anything here, but no, um, not at all. You know that, that is it, not at all. I didn't think so. Um, uh, tequila, you would obviously know the findings on tequila. Um, so in this situation, where you have, uh, where you have, where we've seen the rules change as a result of marijuana acceptance, used for medicinal things, I think we're always on the cutting edge. So I totally see any frustration. But I do believe when there's an adverse fighting, you allow a due process to occur without mm. an indictment. And I believe that a, a, due to social um, media and due to the, the reporting that happened on this, it, it is, the due process and the whole process wasn't taken correct uh, it was a little premature.
4: Uh, listen, I think that that last bit there is, is is fair. Do you believe that this particular case then, which is obviously, and you're right, there's a lot of fight fans all over the world that didn't know the differences between the testing of WADA, the world anti-doping, and Vada, the voluntary anti-doping, and that there's a, there's a discrepancy of 70 different stimulants in there for in-competition and out-competition. It's very complicated when you get right into it. But do you believe that this could be the line in the sand where we then all, we, we can come together and, and, and have one single one song? Because I think that's very important when we're testing for performance enhancing drugs in the sport? A hundred percent.
5: A hundred percent agree with you. UFC, which we all agree is a wonderful combat sport, is in the WADA world. They are not in the WADA world. Yeah. They don't, they adhere to WADA because, and USADA yeah. because those testing agencies, those agencies are in sync with the regulatory bodies they go into right into into the states they go into into the
4: jurisdictions they go into how do we get Damn. to that level Todd how do we get to that level because I know do, that do that, that costs a lot of money to,
3: yeah yeah do you have to speak no, to Malcolm Goodman and, and Varda to get them on side or uh, uh, and and also I would like you to explain is it true that it was a herbal tea that Oscar Valdez no I I, um, no, I, I don't I yeah so there's two I mean, pieces to that. Let's talk, about, let's talk about herbal
5: tea. Let's talk about that. And then let's talk about um, um, the, the Vadas process. So, I mean, two very distinct things, all right? Um, we were given, we, we after the, the finding was happened, he had 77 nanograms um, tested uh, for this uh, phetamine. I, I, can't, I don't even know how to say it. I think it's phetamine, whatever it is. The baseline was 50. Um, so it was considered trace trace of a adverse finding. Um, when we looked into it a little bit clearer, if you were taking this phetamine, which is really a metabolism right? It's a metabolism um, uh, agency agent. It accelerates your metabolism to help weight loss. Not a diuretic, it's just like help weight loss. And the reason why it's banned in competition is because you're exercising. They don't want somebody to, it it could elevate your heart rate. They don't want somebody to have like a heart attack or cardiac arrest. All right. So that was it. So if somebody was actually taking a full prescription of this over a period of time of over weeks, your levels would be 200. 200 would be the, the what, what it, you would score. So he had an adverse finding of 77 when the baseline is only fi- where, the, where the benchmark is 50. So he's mm-hmm. 27 points above it. So I think, I believe, and I don't know, mm-hmm. that small trace amount was from his camp's perspective, they were not sure where it came from. Could it come from tarnished supplements? We know that supplements, you know, there's the there's the supplement makers are sometimes made with other supplements, and you yeah. can get traces if they're making different different pills in there. We, they don't know, and I think his lawyers and representatives came to a deduction that it possibly could be in an herbal tea or something like that. That was only a throw a dart at a dartboard type of guess. I'm not sure. But I'm not sure that, that that could actually be realistic, but that was what they represented. I'm not saying I, that is only what I was told in a, in a document provided by the letter uh, from the attorney. So I think somehow it got into his system. And as we could see, the, 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 the trace amount at a 77, um, it, we don't, I, I don't know. And I think they were all guessing themselves, right? Um, so that's, that's on that side. As it relates to, <clears throat> as it relates to Margaret and Bada, I think they. I believe that we are all. If it's the British Board, if it's the ABC, or the state of Nevada, or New York, or whatever, I think it's on all of them to to represent what are the parameters and be aligned. Yep. What the per, what our testing protocol is, right? And we. Top rank. We are not a party to these agreements. We just say, okay, fighter A and fighter B want to do it. Hey guys, here is VADA. Here is USADA. You guys have a civil agreement with them to do this testing program, right? We are not, we are not a party to it. And they, they, that's how it works. I just did not know. And I don't think anybody on, on my side knew that there was an inconsistency that existed. And I believe the organizations should be consistent with the regulators and the agencies that are doing the testing.
4: I think and fight,
5: I hope yeah. we get to that place very quickly. I think every well, we five
4: that.
3: Yeah, yeah, we had a similar situation, exactly the same in a certain way. When there was a there was a substance that wasn't banned in the UK that was banned in the USA that Billy Joe Saunders has take, had taken for a nasal treatment for flu, uh, if you recall, and he tested positive in America because it was banned there, but it was negative over here. And there was no issue with the Boxing border Control over here, Scott. But he obviously didn't fight uh, Demetrius Andrade over in the States, did he? Because so, um, I think it's it's not only is it the WADA and VADA, but they have to be completely on the same playing field, I think, all three, mm. on exactly what substances there are. As, as Adam said just now, there's a discrepancy of 70 Stimulant, different yeah. stimulants. And, mm. and by the way, fentamine that you were talking about, I I looked into this myself this week. There are loads of products in the chemist, in a pharmacy that contain fentanyl, which is like, you know, it does help weight loss. So I I mean, I completely agree with both of you. I think we should really push this in boxing at the moment to get everyone on a level playing field and try and create it. WADA is a global body. Um, USADA is the American body. I think (coughs) they need to come into alignment with the British Boxing Board of Control and I think Varda need to fit in there in the same way. Yeah. I mean, there is an issue with... I agree 100% with
5: you. What, what troubled me, and I'm, you, I'm looking backwards, what troubles me is I felt that it was misrepresented because I thought that they were all aligned. I, I mean, it's like, I thought this is the agency's... They're, they're conducting this, they do a great job, they send them... And I thought all of their rules... We're aligned. I had no idea there was a discrepancy, right? And I don't believe, you know, and and when you think about it, you know, it would, it would, you know, and then what I heard is, is if you took phenamine, right? And then you went off it, it actually could have an adverse effect to you because your body Right, if you went off it, like uh, you know, your your body would be used to an artificial metabolism in there, so it brings you down. It's not being fed that artificial metabolism, right? So there is actually an adverse effect when you would be if you used it out of competition and in competition. But I think regardless of all that, it's consistency. Yeah, consistency yep. across the board. It's not. It's it's being unified. Understanding what the rules are in UK and in Germany and in France and in Japan and in Latin America and the United States, and we're all part of this because we compete on a global level and it's a global sport, right? We don't yep. we don't change we don't you know <clears throat> we don't change dif- based on different jurisdictions. You're not changing the the parameters. Of a, of a football pitch or something like that. I don't think you do. But mm-hmm. I mean, um, uh, or, or an NFL, it's 100 yards. 100 yards is 100 yards. Keep it that way. Mm. And I think the burden, we can support it, but the truth is is we are a member. We are given a privileged license, and the onus is on the regulators to get together with the agencies
4: and have a consistent program. There you go. We thank Todd for his uh, honesty, his openness, and his willingness to talk about uh, that difficult situation. Uh, Don't forget, that fight does go ahead this week. I'm sure the debate will uh, continue, and it will continue, no doubt, on our Fight Night show next weekend. Uh, we're going to keep things stateside because a young man that's been impressing everybody in the welterweight division is virgil ortiz he's knocking out former champions he's beating former world title contenders and now he believes that he's on the cusp of something very very special i caught up with him a little earlier in the week to discuss the rise of Virgil. i know about your amateur pedigree and obviously being seven-time national champion and what you did at the, at the, at the junior olympics but was there any other sport you seem and, uh, an incredibly athletic guy. So was there any other sports that maybe you flirted with that you thought maybe I could go down this route rather than fights
6: or not? Other than boxing, it was probably just cross-country, you know. And I don't I'm not gonna say I was great at it. I thought I ran okay. Uh I I ran a 1727 was my fastest time in the three mile. But Jeez, you know, man.
4: that's like we, we class that as a five kilometer race here. That's quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. quick. Well, actually,
6: yeah, it's a five K. We we classify them as five Ks too.
4: Well, on that journey. As, as a you as a young person, obviously, I know that your father's involved in your career and what have you. But there's got to be a moment of realization for yourself, of when you genuinely start to believe I'm going to make a career out
6: of boxing.
4: When was that
6: moment? I didn't have a moment like that. I just kind of always knew. You know, I mean, even when I was a little kid, you know, it's just like okay, I, I've I've been to professional, I've been to some professional cards, right, with professional boxing matches. I've always thought to myself, oh, I'm going to be fighting up there one day. It, there was never a moment. It's, there's, like, there was never a moment like, you know what? Maybe maybe I want to be a pro too. It, I never had that moment. I just always knew.
4: Obviously, stepping into the program at a young age and doing what you're doing and, and coming through the weights now, obviously, at Welter. When you hear someone like Oscar de la Hoya refer to you as the future of boxing, how does that make you feel?
6: Oh, you know, it, it makes me feel very motivated. Uh I don't want to say satisfied because I'm nowhere near satisfied. I just maybe like almost like even hopeful, you know, we're doing this. I'm on the right track. Uh I, I can do this. You know, it gives me a lot of reassurance, a lot of confidence in myself. And it just gives me that drive.
4: Again, coming back to that reassurance that you just said there, to have someone like that say things like that uh, about yourself reaffirms the things probably that are already going on inside your head because you seem quite a guy that isn't one of these that is brash, talking the talk, always on social media. There are other people obviously in this game that use that, but you just seem like the type of guy goes about the business and your downtime, play guitar, do a bit of gaming, go to the gym, work hard. But when the bright lights come on, man, you don't have to know
6: exactly yeah that's i mean that's just how i am you know um i i do my job i'm straight to the point and once my job's over then i go do the stuff that i that i want to do like like the guitar and all stuff and don't get me wrong i love doing boxing but you know after like a two-month camp and then i fight and like oh hell yeah then I, I can just chill i can play my guitar like right now i'm trying to learn music theory that's that's what i'm trying to learn i have a I have some notes written down. Like I'm actually taking a course by myself. Serious? You know, doing some stuff. Yeah. That's cool, man. And that's, that's what I'm doing right now. What was the reason so, for that?
4: What's the reason? Because is, is that just to give you, give you your brain something else to do other than just fight? What, what What's the reason behind in it?
6: A, in a way, in a way. Yeah. But also I want to be more creative with music. I want the doors to open. You know, I feel like I've hit a roadblock. Like I'm kind of, stuck creatively so learning new stuff is gonna open everything up i understand that.
4: i understand yeah that. listen let's get on to a little bit of boxing before we before we wrap this up yeah man. obviously you've been absolutely unbelievable 18 fights 18 wins 18 knockouts and it's a level of opponent as well that you're beating that is exciting a lot of people in the world you said in your post fight interview um at the weekend you know how boxing is Obviously, we as fans have frustrations with the politics of boxing. You as fighters must have frustrations with the politics of boxing as well. We think you're ready. I believe that you think you're ready. How how quickly do you think that we could get this turned around where you are where you're challenging at the very top table of this welterweight division?
6: Uh, I don't think we're too far from that. You know, I just fought a top ten guy. Uh, I got him out of there. I want to. I only want to fight better guys i want my competition to keep getting better and better every time it's it's only going to be a matter of time before one of those is a champion you know mm-hmm. so uh like i said i don't know when that's gonna happen but i feel like i'm ready for it and i want it to happen uh i i, re- I can't give you a straight answer when it's gonna to happen to be honest
4: yeah i appreciate it. it's hard man what what do you do in the interim then so for example crawford and porter fight mandated we've got a situation with spence with just had Ugas. What do you do in the interim? Because I know that you're going to fight by the end of the year. What level of opponent do, do, do you fight in order to keep you happy and to keep you moving along at the rate that you're moving along?
6: I mean, a top 10 guy, you know, let me see. Uh, I think it's Jamal James. Yeah. You know, there's just Jamal James. He's. I think he has the interim or the regular WBA, but they're getting rid of all the belts. I don't even know who's going to stay with the belt or not. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to have my belt yet because I, I don't even know if I have the WBA gold anymore. See, I'm, I'm like, confused right now. I don't know what's going on. Does that bother um, you? Does that bother you as a fighter? It's It doesn't necessarily bother me, but I would like to know what's going on, you know? Yeah. And uh, Uga's just fought. Uga's just fought. I just fought. So, you know, possibly we can make that fight happen. Possibly. Hmm. Uh, Crawford's fighting Porter. Spence can't fight. Pacquiao's probably going to retire um i don't know I, I really don't know but like like i said just give, give me a good fighter um reputable name and let's let's get it going
4: we got a, we got a guy coming through in the uk connor ben i'm sure you're aware of him what do you make of him mm-hmm. what do you make of connor
6: he's a good fighter he, he's definitely a good fighter i mean he stopped samuel Vargas in the first round so that that's pretty good in my opinion i was, I was impressed by that he's a pretty good fighter
4: from a man. from a UK fans' point of view, obviously we'd love to see you over here in the UK. You and
6: Connor yeah. maybe somewhere down the
4: line that'd be something special.
6: That would be a pretty good fight, and I would love to visit the UK one day as well. I want to go to London. I want to see that the London Eye. I want to I want to eat some food, and all that stuff.
4: Mate, and taking some concerts as man at some of the venues that we've got here with your guitar. There you go. Oh yeah, <laughs> thanks. Just a quick one, Virgil. When can we expect to see you fight? Have you, have you got uh, a month? in 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 particular
6: i really don't know um if i had to guess the timing i would probably have to say mid to the end of november or early december Uh, i really don't know if that's gonna be accurate or not that's just what i feel like it would be
4: now then, one man that is part of the Sky Sports deal that I mentioned at the start of the show is Chris Eubank Jr. He's going to be back out at the start of October. He very kindly joined us on the show on Saturday night to discuss uh, his excitement of doing that and what he wants over the next twelve
7: months. It's going to be fun. We're kicking off uh, the next generation of of Sky Sports boxing, and it's going to be um, you know I'm going to be able to unleash a lot of the things I've been working on with my new coach Roy Jones. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, yeah,
4: only, only four weeks to go. I, I wanted to talk to you about that because during the pandemic, we've had this crazy time where people haven't been able to do X, Y, and Z in gyms and what have you. And if anybody does keep up to date with you on social media, then you're, you're always in the gym anyway, always working. But it's good to see uh, that you've managed to get over to the States and at certain points, living in Roy's house and what have you and work, working away. Talk to me about that relationship and uh, how you believe that has brought you on to the next level now in your career.
7: Yeah, I, I guess I, I I was fortunate enough to be in a position to go and train with Rui through COVID. Um, so even though you know I've been inactive in the ring in terms of uh, you know the amount of fights I've been able to have over the last couple of years, I've I've still been very active in the gym, learning and improving as a fighter. And I do feel I have improved as a fighter, even though I haven't been active in terms of you know boxing live. So um, you know I, I've, I've just been I've just been I turned a negative into a positive. I've just spent as much time as I could with uh, the master, who is Roy Jones Jr. Just, mm. just learning and absorbing everything he has to, to give, and, and yeah, we get to now, you know, show the fruits of our labor over the next uh, six to twelve months in, in, in some some great fights.
4: Do you know something? It's interesting that you, you look at it like that. A lot of people have obviously taken maybe the negative approach to what's happened over the last 18 months. It's a rare opportunity to, to have that break, I suppose, and for you to get the opportunity to hone your craft with, with a new voice and a new brain in, in your corner, especially one as esteemed as Roy Jones Jr., um, is, is a fascinating thing for all fans, and we're excited to see um, what he has added to the Arsenal come uh, come October the 1st.
7: Yeah, you guys saw, you know, a little taster against uh, you know, my last fight against Marcus Morrison, but you know, that was that was just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more to come and uh, you know, as I as I get in there with better and better opponents, you guys are going to see more and more of how uh, you know of what we've been working on and it's exciting stuff.
3: Chris, you've got some Sven Elbeer coming up. He's known as Batman. We don't quite know why he's known as Batman yet, but uh 18-1, he's ranked 14 with the WBA, uh, 14 knockouts there out of his 18 victories. Tell us what you know about him, because you'll be preparing for him.
7: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, everything you've said is is pretty much what I know. I've, I've watched one or two of his fights. He's a, you know, he's a strong, legged come-forward fighter. Um, you know, he's not going to back down. He's only had one defeat in his whole career, so, you know, really, he doesn't know how to lose, and I've been told that he doesn't think he lost that fight, you know, he thinks he was robbed in that one, so he has the, uh, he has, he still has the underseed and mentality, which is always tough to take from a man. Um, so I'm expecting, you know, a, a tough fight,
3: and uh, I'm, I'm fully prepared. And um, so, you get through that one. Um, we know you want the big names. Um, how, how much are you kind of itching to get in there with the likes of Saul Canelo Alvarez, uh, he's a guy you said you definitely have been targeting for a long time, and of course, Gennady Golovkin.
7: Yeah, those those are the names, especially Golovkin at this stage, because I am campaigning at middleweight, um, and Golovkin is a middleweight world champion, um, and no one's really, no one's trying to fight the guy um, except me. That fight has been, you know, they, they're they're. Their camp has shown interest, they've they've been in contact with us, so that fight should be able to be made. Um, and, uh, you know, I know I can beat him. so, you know, after this fight, yeah, we're, we're, we're targeting the big names and the big title fights, 100%.
4: Chris, what have you made of um, all the WBA situation recently? Obviously, you were an interim title holder, and we thought that maybe that would then get you mandated into... Uh, fighting one of the regular title holders, maybe with the WBA, but everything that's happened over the last week. or So what have you made of it all?
7: Well, I mean, I I think it's a good thing because, you know, it was, it seemed, it seemed hard for me to actually pin a fight down with this Murata, who is the superior champion in the WBA. But now it seems, now now they've taken these interim belts away and and said that anyone with uh, have an interim belt is mandatory and they're going to, they're going to force the fights now, mm. so um, you know that would be an awesome fight to have at the end of the year. Um, if you know, if, if if they keep to their word and say that he has to fight me, then then absolutely, I would I would get in the ring with that man and and go for the the WBA uh, super belt. So it's just up for you know my promoter in the silent Brothers and Wasserman and and, and Sky Sports to, to get together and, and, and make these big fights, and they can be made, and they will be made.
3: Does that does that not? You know, having uh, Ryoto Morata as as a target and, and and having the full WBA belt does that not give you a position of strength to chase the likes of Golovkin? Maybe get him to fight over here, get it in front of a, a big crowd, and have a unification of the IBF and WBA, Chris.
7: Absolutely, I mean it makes the case stronger. But you know, I mean, even without that, the fight can still be made. Um, but obviously, with a belt. It, it becomes a lot, a lot more, a, a lot bigger. Um, but you know, there, there's you know, that's the thing that Golovkin has run out of guys to fight. So you know, you, you know that he, he's in a corner. And, you know, he has to, he has to defend his belt. And, and who does everyone want to want to see him fight? You know, who's he going to make the most money with or against? And that's me. So um, yeah, you know, if if uh, if push comes to shove, then you know. Then we'll we we'll get the belt and use it, but I don't think you will even come to that. But you know, obviously, that is uh, a path to go down, get the belt, and then and then fight GGG after.
4: Speaking of money, um, your old adversary, uh, Mr. Joe Saunders, uh, has named his price this week on social media. I don't know if you uh, if don't know if you caught that. If you did, what do you think of it?
7: Um, yeah, I, I, I heard him say uh, he, he he's demanding five million pounds to fight me. Um, you know, the funny thing is, you know, he's not in a position to to be demanding anything. He has no belt. He has no credibility in the sport after he quit against uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez, you know, after saying that he, he'd, uh, you know, he'd die before he ever, you know, took a knee in the ring, you know, lambasted um, Daniel Dubois when, when, when he quit after an eye injury, a real eye injury, you know, at that, because I don't, you know, there was nothing wrong with Saunders. He got a black eye, but there was no, there was no smashed orbital bone. There was no broken eye socket. You know, there there was no proof of that. That was all a a sham, you know, and that's why he's been at MIA for the last month, uh, you know, three or four months because of the shame of what he did. Um, So he has no, he has no credibility. He has no, he has no power in the sport. So he can't be going around saying he wants 5 million. He'll get, he'll get what he's given, Um, you know, on the A side. So, uh, You know, once he understands that, then we can talk and we can set something up.
3: Is that a fight you do want and you want to put the record straight from the fight, what was it, seven, eight years ago? Is that one that burns inside you?
7: You know, it used to burn. It used to burn inside. Um, Now, you know, he really is not on my radar. He he has nothing. He has no respect. He has no belt. Um, You know, so it's not something that's super important to me. Obviously... He has a win over me, so I'll always want to avenge that. Um, you know, but I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm not going to break my back to make the fight. Um, you know, he needs me. I'm I'm his only option. He literally has no one else to fight. Whereas I have, uh, you know, an, an 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 untold amount of names, of fights that are available to me over the next year, two years huge, huge fights. So, um, you know, as long as everything's in my terms, we can make it happen, Uh, and and, uh, I'm sure we will at some point in the future.
8: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required.
4: Now, next week, Fight Night comes to you live from the Copper Box Arena. Sonny Edwards is at the top of the bill. Callum Johnson's also on that bill as well, as is a man that fell short in his last fight against Felix Cash, the one and only Denzel Bentley. He's getting back on the horse and doing his business in front of his hometown fans. He joins us on the show on Saturday to discuss his excitement about getting back out there.
9: Yeah, I'm very excited, man. I, I can't wait. I, after my last fight, I wanted to get back out the week after and just put things right, so I'm happy... It's just next week, it's round the corner. And like you said, the crowd's back. I've had four fights behind closed doors with no crowd, so it might feel a bit odd to me at first, but I'm happy the crowd's back. Last time
4: out, obviously, you suffered your first defeat, mate, and it was a a big fight built up for the British and Commonwealth title against Felix Cash, Um, and it was just one of those fights where Felix caught you, and it just didn't seem like you could just recuperate in time before he ended up getting the finish. What were your immediate thoughts uh, in the aftermath, and obviously as the dust has now settled, what are your reflections on that fight?
9: Oh, my immediate thoughts afterwards, can we restart the day and go again? <laughs> yeah. That was my immediate thoughts. I just wanted to, you know, just make it right. I was just, I was I was very upset. I was angry, I was angry. I was upset, angry, embarrassed, everything really. But, um, and after I settled down, I, was, I still felt the same. I felt like I didn't get to show, you know, what I'm capable of. Didn't get to put up a fight. That like, was a fight that I honestly felt like I could win. Like you said, I got caught early, didn't really recuperate, got caught again in the third. And, you know, he done what he needed to do. So I was I was upset with myself. Um, you know, he'd done his job. He, he, he stuck to his game plan and ended up getting the win. But I was just upset of myself. I just wanted to get back in the gym and get back
3: out and make things right. Now, Mr Battersea Banger, um, victory next weekend. Are you going to be targeting some of those guys who perhaps... Have world rankings at the moment. The likes, for example, like you and Liam Williams, would will be a fantastic matchup at some point. Sam Eggington, perhaps. What's the what's the route you want to take uh, with victory next weekend? A hundred percent. I've I've still got the same you know the same
9: mindset. I, I still want to take the same path. I still want to go down that route where you know I fight a few people with world rankings and find my way back into the world rankings and hopefully end up with a world title shot at some point in my career. So it's still the same energy for me. I'm not, you know, looking to take a, a big backward step and, you know, start trying to find my feet again. I'm getting st- stuck, st- I'm getting, st- I'm stuck straight in there with Andrew Robertson. He's a tough guy. That's, mm. you know, that's, th- that's a, that could be for an eliminator itself. Do you know what I mean? These last fight was against William. So, you know, I'm not, I'm still not trying to take an easy route to the top. I'm, I'm just trying to get back in there. All the names you mentioned, are all still potential fights down the line, you know, starting with, you know, a, like you said, a victory next week and then. I'm hopefully another victory by the end of the year, and then next
3: year we just go into some big fights again. One of the things we're celebrating tonight at Headingly, Denzel, is the fact that there's crowds back again. Does that you know you're an emotive, emotional, aggressive fighter who gives his all, warrior spirits, and all those things? Is the fact that crowds are now back a big difference for you, and that you can be out there more? That we're not in lockdown. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. I just I miss you know the people come for me
9: just cheering me on and you know just chanting my name and pushing me on and all of those things just the excitement about it the build up to the fight and watching that today was just crazy it felt like oh man yeah like everything's back there's like twenty thousand in there and it just looked it looked wonderful it looked awesome I, I can't wait to get back out next week with the crowd and you know just hit them going crazy especially if I put on a spectacular performance the reception's going to be mad when I won my British title I was looking around and I was like no one to cheer with I just have to go back to my corner and, and you know mm-hmm. with the team so I'm looking forward to all of that excitement again it's, it's been a weird pro-
4: see uh period of our life, hasn't it? I mean, we, we experience those fighters that are brilliant in the gym sometimes, and then when they go under the bright lights in front of all the fans, they, they clam up a little bit and freeze and don't perform to the potential that they should be pre- performing to. You're one of those fighters. Uh, listen, I, I've, I've been at training camps with you and watched you work, so I know that you're putting in the graph, my friend, but uh, yeah. you do seem to be the type of gentleman that does excel on the fight night when the lights are on. I think you're a bit of a, an extrovert, a bit of a showman. You, you kind of like uh, the eyes and the attention uh, being on. So walking out into an auditorium when there's nobody there must have been a very weird
9: experience. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I love it. Like you said, I love it. Like when, when the crowd's there and eyes are on me and it's time to perform, it's show time. It's like show them what you got then. That kind of guy. Like, that's me. It's time to go. But with, with the with the um behind closed door stuff, it, it, I had to get used to it. Like the first fight with Mick Hall was just odd. I'm walking out and it's like, I'm walking out to nothing really. is like... Yeah, uh, You might as well just put me in the ring. I, I, you know what I mean? And, uh, th- th- I can't, you know, I'm not soaking up anything. It's just me and my thoughts. It's like, All right, no one's getting crazy. All right, cool. And then, uh, you know, I've done it with the, the first headphone fight. And then by the second on fight, it was like, okay, this is normal. I've done it twice now. That I, I know what to expect. And then it, was, it just became normal to me. It's like, okay, me and my thoughts just lock in now and, you know, focus and concentrate. But it, it, you can't beat a crowd, man. Like, just, you know, waiting on your mm. room walk. The, the MC announces the name. Everyone's going crazy that they're supporting you. And it's like, okay, yeah, now we're ready. Now it's showtime. Let's go. That's the feeling that I miss and I can't wait for next week. Looking forward to um,
3: can, can it. Can I just ask, can I go away from boxing for a moment? Because this is what fascinates me. Obviously, you're, you're British-born, but of Ghanaian heritage. And yeah. um, I've got to ask you about this, because I haven't had a chance to ask you about this before. And it's great to do it on air. Um, obviously, Ghana has produced um, an incredible from Jamestown, Accra, some great, 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 great fighters. Azuma Nelson probably at the head of all those. Um, can I ask you about, you know, obviously you won the, the, the Lonsdale Belt outright, and then you went to Ghana. I know you visit regularly. Can you tell me what happened when you had your audience with the king of the Ashanti Kingdom, Otum Nana Osay Tutu Second? Oh, you got that right spot on. <laughs>
9: yeah. Um, it was amazing, you know, it was crazy. Like, I was actually I was actually nervous. I thought I was gonna be all right and I got there. And then because there was like a there was a fun day, like a little fun fair they do like um every six every six weeks on a Sunday. And I just happened to be at the right time and they're like, Yeah, come for the for the fair basically. And he called up my name and they were gonna present me and I was like, Oh, snap it just like Walking through there, felt like another kind of ring walk. Like, oh, snap. I don't want to get anything wrong. I don't want to do the wrong things. I want to make sure everything's right. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the kingdom of the Ashanti kingdom here. Like, i am (laughs) meeting up for the first time, but to give me blessings and tell me how proud of is that I'm representing the country. So that was kind of nerve-wracking. I got there. You know, nothing but nice words from him. It, it was all good, it was nice, it was It was, It was. was lovely meeting him. Did you him.
3: know all the protocols? Did you know all the protocols that you had to do in front of him? Were there certain I things that you had to do? I didn't,
9: I didn't, no one gave me a heads up, but on the way there <laughs> I, was getting,
3: I, was, I was getting little whispers from everyone that cause there was quite a few people
9: there that'd be like, Ah, oh, yeah, we not do that. Or do this, I right, don't do that. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I, was like, and I was just taking it in on the way there. So I managed to, you know, do all right.
4: That's next week. We've still got to review what happened at the weekend just gone. In the immediate aftermath of UFC Vegas 36, Paddy Pimlet and Molly McCann joined us on the show. Both of those receiving 50 grand bonuses because of their performances. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to them on the victories. God only knows what state they left Las Vegas in. Off the back of the victories and the bonus payments. Anyway, they joined us on the show live in the immediate aftermath of their victories.
10: Lads, me and Paddy are only in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got me and Paddy, lads.
4: Excellent. Do well, do me a favour, right? Molly, will do you first. Just warn Paddy in a minute, right? No, no swears because right. it's live radio. All right. So that's what worked. Okay, what we're going. no problem. Right no now, Molly, obviously on your performance, top of the prelims. Listen, whether you felt it or not, lots of pressure on you this evening going into this fight. What a performance. To win unanimously across all the cards, to do it in the way that you did it, it must have been a sensational feeling.
10: Listen, we spoke, Adam. We knew this is the last fight on my contract. I was on a two-fight skid. I lost my career and the UFC was over. I perform. I get a brand-new four-fight deal. And, um... I got caught with a headbutt in the early part of the first round and yeah. it crapped chased me Adam but I just thought how much do I want this? How much do I want bragging rights in my city? How much how hard do spouses work? Or anyone in England, how tough is this time in the pandemic? I'm in Las Vegas. I deserve this time now, I need this win. And um I told you I'm going to let them hands fly, rumble, little fall, rumble. And I've <laughs> done it,
4: lads. <laughs> there, there, there is that. When when people do get to the UFC, you've spoken about this yourself, the, there seems to be pressure, external pressure from people where they're talking about, oh, you need to be more rounded, you need to do more wrestling, you need to do more jiu-jitsu. But the thing that got you to the UFC was your tenacity, was your hands and... From the moment the cage door shut tonight, it was like watching Old Meatball that absolutely took cage warriors by storm. To do it in that manner, Molly, must have have been a real gratifying feeling because that's who you are. That's who you are deep down right inside you. That tonight that you showed the world is exactly who you are.
10: My first fight in the UFC, I got owned by Jiu-Jitsu, you know, and I've worked the last three years on my grappling now. I'm literally telling you the only reason I've lost me last two fights is because I haven't had a crowd there to push me because I am able to get through the worst situations just like my little bro Paddy is. Like, because the crowd is there. And um, I knew go back to what makes me me. And in the second round, I had a, a, a tripped there and took his down. And then Paul Rimmer was like, don't kick, don't wrestle, just box. Mm. Not, in, not in those exact words, but he was just like, he striking, winning, and he just said to me in that last round, like, it could have been 2-0 to me, it could have been 1-1, and he just said, listen, go and it. go and get what's yours, and I done it, I just done it, lad. like, my me, me thumbs broke, one of my knuckles, like, my thumb on my left hand, on my right hand, my knuckles broke, Um, so, like, I was reserving the big shots for the last round, because I thought, his arms are too long that I can't stay within the red zone, within the tight area where she can clinch in me. I showed when I was held against the cage, that's what made me lose. Me lost two fights. I was patient. I looked at the clock and I seen when the right time would be to go and try and steal the round back. I haven't watched it. I was a bit dazed. I don't really, I can't really remember too much of the fight other than just being game and making sure that I started the cards off well for the rest of the scorers.
3: Molly, I've got to say congratulations. And there's a there's a theme tonight. We, I was kind of waxing lyrical about having sat down with you in Dublin for for an hour a couple of years back, and and just going away from it, and it just it stayed with me the, the the resonance of you as an inspirational person. I'm out here in Tokyo at the Paralympic Games at the moment for I've been here for the last couple of weeks, and you know again I had it couple of nights ago here a lady called Beth Monroe an amputee taekwondo fighter from Liverpool um, who's an inspirational figure her fifth competitive bout she won a silver medal here against a brilliant fighter yeah. but I know we're going to talk to Paddy in a minute as well and Darren's on at the moment what is it about you guys that you're able to try try and try again where does that spirit come from because I find it utterly inspirational
10: Without, like, without trying to build, like, a South and a North divide and getting too much into politics, but the city was ravaged in the 70s and the 80s, and it was just, like, we weren't going down. Like, we were swinging, do you know what I mean? And we've never had it easy, and I'm not I'm not trying to be, like, poor Liverpool, poor us, but we've just learned to get on with it. And it's the same as the Irish, it's the same as the Mexicans, it's the same as the Welsh, it's mm. the same as the Scottish... There's certain places on this earth where you just, you have to fight for everything. Because if you don't, like, you're not going to survive, do you know what I mean? And um, There's just no quitting us. There's no quitting. I like mm. to pride myself on my resilience and my adversity and how much I want it will beat everyone else. Because I might not be the most technical, guy. My arms aren't the longest; they're the shortest
9: in the whole of
10: the UK. <laughs> I, I have just fought someone and outboxed them who has ten inches on yeah. me, Madness. on my reach. So do you know what? I've proved now. I've proved me wave. Mm. You know.
4: Absolutely. Listen. Absolutely. Put the lunatic on. Let's see what he's got to say after his after his <laughs> oh, unit. Hold on, Molly.
10: He's he's got off. I'm sorry. He's got off. He, oh, he's he done one. Yeah, he's done one. Well Did listen, getting
4: on. Um he's taken a, little, a few whacks in the first round. He's still in there. Um it's uh it's it's a very, very close tight fight. Listen, I, I watched you stay behind to obviously watch Paddy. I know that you're very close, very uh with with your obviously with your team. Camp and your team. Of course. Team. Of course, absolutely. Um but just talk to me about him, right? Because as a guy that has had offers in the in the past to come to the UFC, turned them down because he self-admittedly has said, I'm not ready for the UFC yet. I'm still growing. I'm still learning who I am. For him to burst onto the scene like that this evening, absolutely phenomenal. And the birth of a new superstar coming out of uh, Merseyside. Listen, we all knew it was happening. We
10: all knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. Um, I've done that for him a few times. We've met like, Start, I've opened the card for him and then he's come out and put proper, like, good sights on, do you know what I mean? And, and like, we have that good that good vibe together, but regardless if I was here or not, that was coming. He's he's stopped the party and he's stopped all the nonsense outside and he's committed and given himself to this, so <sighs> I'm so proud. That, like, I can't even put into words how happy I am. I'm so sure, lads, my head. My hands, oh God! I'm trying to be really professional because yeah, I'm not my no, yeah. I can, I, can t- I can tell.
4: I could tell. Now listen. Now listen. For, for everybody that doesn't know this, this is a card that was obviously geared towards the European time zone. So over in Las Vegas right now, Gareth, well, right? It's it. Paddy
10: Paddy GS.
4: Oh, is he? Hey. Now, listen, yeah. we are. Well, stick him on for a second, Paddy. Listen, you're live on the radio, mate. So keep the swears to yourself for a sec, all right, pal?
8: Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I haven't had a bad idea. Good lad, good that. lad. Now,
4: good. Right now, listen. the We've just been talking to Molly about obviously her performance tonight, and you bursting onto the scene this evening. You. It's well documented that in the past you've turned down the UFC. You've been growing yourself and, and, and developing and becoming a champion in another organization, Cage Warriors. You've burst onto the scene this evening. I've no doubt that there's been many occasions over the years or so that you've thought about this debut this evening. Is the realisation of it better? Is the reality of it better than the than the dream of it?
8: Yeah, yeah, of course, because it's happened. You know what I mean? I, I knew that I knew what was coming. I'm even happier that I took a nice shot off them, lad, and just kept coming forward. That's what I do. I'm a born fighter, lad and everyone's going to get to know that over the next few years, because as I've said, I'm the new face
4: of the company. Listen, as you said on your post-fight interview, Scousers don't get knocked out. You've put manners on him. There's been... A lot of people thought that you would uh, resort to uh, your grappling prowess, but you've even proved um, that the hands are heavy now, man. I, I, listen, I saw you the yeah. weigh-in. The muscles are there as well, sunshine. You know what I mean? You've, you've, you've been doing the sit-ups, haven't you? Well, <laughs> no,
8: as I say... Um, Without Paul Reid, my body wouldn't look like this. My s and c coach, he's the man. He's turned uh, my body into this and then my boxing coach, Chris Williams, and all my coaches in the gym are me, my, my hands even better. Mainly Chris with my hands, Ellis Adam and Adam with my kicks. And I've been doing bits of Taekwondo, lad. though, pe- People aren't ready. You know what I mean? People thought I was the one-dimensional grappler, lad, and that was all I could do. And I'm a mixed martial artist, lad. I'm a born fighter.
3: People aren't ready. Um... Congratulations, Paddy. Adam and I were talking earlier and I was saying how you have um, the personality and the resonance to really carry um, a big crowd and a a lot of fans. How much did it help you? I know you did all the work yourself in there tonight. You only step in alone always. It's a lonely walk to go on your own. But how much did it help this week that obviously Molly's there, but Tom Aspinall's there. He's won tonight. Darren's... Um, on on the main uh, in in the main event right now. How much did it help to have all all those kind of Liverpudlian teammates around you or teammates certainly around you that you know so closely?
8: Yeah, it's nice. Of course, goes without saying. Um, like me,
3: it's
8: just nice being here with me, me Jim family. Know what I mean? Molly's my big sister. Adam and Alice are my big brothers, and then Paul's our uncle, Rim as we call them. Know what I mean? So. <laughs> That's all I need man, me, lad. I don't need anyone else. And when we go somewhere, we go as a family where we want. And that's why as soon as as I was in the back watching Molly, I was just like, she's won this, and I'm going to go out and knock this kid out. And I knew it was coming, lad.
4: Well, listen, I'm sure there might be a bonus coming your way at some point this evening. Now, if it does... Um, don't go waxing it all in Vegas this afternoon. All right, lad. Now the um, I, I can see that obviously the time difference is very favourable to a bit of a night out. So what's what's the plan for the group now? I've I've no doubt that Molly will be getting herself dolled up ready to rock and roll. Are you guys going out I, for a I'm, bevy? What's I'm what's getting, going
10: on? I'm getting changed as we speak. We're having a a pool party with Jack Shaw. <laughs> yeah, I'm, go
8: I'm, I'm more about me food. Me, I'm sitting here now, dipping and having some Nutella with breadsticks. <laughs>
0: That's, that's, that's the life of the champs. That's it. That's the life of the
4: champs. It's
8: gonna be heavy, just and chips.
4: Get down the pool, mm-hmm. go and enjoy yourself. Go and take in a bit of that Vegas sunshine. You've most certainly uh, earned it. Uh, and we w- we will uh, look forward to obviously see you back in the flesh in the not too distant future when you're back on home soil. And as Paddy said in his post fight interview, I think that the UFC will be coming to uh, British soil sometime soon. It's going to be some show with you guys on the on the bill if they can get it Absolutely. in Liverpool, isn't it?
8: yeah to be honest I don't think it'll be Liverpool it's too small for us now we need (laughs) if if it's Liverpool it needs to be Goodison or Amphia because yeah yeah, M&S Arena is too small we need um, we need a bigger venue yeah
10: that's
8: what we need
4: now that's the UFC reaction we need a bit of boxing reaction as well of course at Headingley at the weekend the main event kind of left everybody a bit disappointed because after two rounds, the fight was called off due to an accidental head clash, uh, which Maurizio Lara received a nasty cut over his left eye. Disappointment for Josh Warrington. Hopefully that fight can get remade if it's going to take a little bit of time, no doubt, for Lara to rest and recuperate. Let's get Josh Warrington back out because the fans came out in full force for him, didn't they? They also came out in full force for Katie Taylor and... Connor Ben, Connor Ben, getting the job done against Adrian Granados, and he very kindly joined us on the show on Saturday.
11: Mate, twenty first, shining my name. Oh, mate, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, I've honestly never had a welcome like it. I've, you know, it lives up to you know what they say about their lead supporters. I mean, I don't know what I've ever done to deserve a welcome like that. It was absolutely incredible. It was electric.
4: Did it take your breath away a little bit? Because if we're really honest, if we're really honest, your your you major development over the last two years has kind of happened behind closed doors in the pandemic without fans in stadiums and various things like that, you know? So to walk out tonight and just be greeted like that must have been something, something else.
11: I can't put into words to you uh, and you'll never understand that feeling as a young man to have that many people chanting your name uh oh, mate, it's just overwhelming you just sort of have to take a breath and go, Wow And it is are moment, you I take with me to, to my grave. Uh it's it's just incredible that I deliver this much entertainment <laughs> early on <laughs> in my career. I'm just um I'm so blessed and overwhelmed by the support I get.
3: Top man. Yeah, you you really are becoming a very popular figure in the sport and it's just about uh, walking the walk now. You taught the talk brilliantly. I mean, you were brilliant with me for the DAZN interview you did for Off The Cuff that's out there, by the way, on the app. It's an incredible interview that Connor did with me, sit down for, uh, I think it was about 90 minutes in the end. We went deep, didn't we? But, Connor, you looked a little frustrated and dissatisfied at the end of the fight. But when you look back on it, you just faced a guy who's a 13-year... I call him an elite journeyman, okay? He's had a 13-year pro career, 87 amateur fights, 75-2, and um, was on the Mexican, was an alternate on the Mexican Olympic team. Um, He's only ever been actually stopped by Danny Garcia. He's been in with Adrian Broner, Sean Porter, a raft of great fighters at welterweight. Um, Why did you look so dissatisfied at the end? Well, he beat Adrian Broner. He... Paul Robert Easter
11: gave him hell, gave hell to Sean Porter. Um, and I've won unanimous decision. I won every single round. So when you want to look at it like that and look at... He gave hell to all them fighters and there were some really close rounds. There was not a single close round uh, tonight. But I wanted to lay him out. You know, he's talking about he's going to humble me, he's going to do this and do that and yet go on his bike the whole fight. Like, just don't give me all that talk. You know, so many fighters talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. So, and it, it just jarred me because, you know, come and have it, mate. You know, you're talking all this talk, <laughs> you're blowing smoke. You're saying you're going to humble me. Well, here's your opportunity. So, and, you know, and that was what that was what bothered me. He talks about yeah, right. he's Mexican and all this, and you know, Mexican pride. And they come to fight. Well, listen, it's a compliment to me because I, I caught him early. He was heavy, and I don't know I know I did. Yeah. yeah, I know you can't see it, but I know I did. And, you know, he got on his bike. So, listen, it's all, you have to have these learning fights. And, you know, we grow, we evolve, we watch
3: it, we improve, we come back. And that's what I do every single fight. As, as the DOS settles, though, and you kind of touched on it there, um, you've got a <laughs> reputation now, Connor. And and he felt that reputation physically, uh, like you say, in that second round. And I think it's more a Actually, compliment. that was the second round. I didn't say it was the second round. Was it the second round? Yeah, it was the second round, but I didn't yeah. say it was the second round. But
11: it was the second round. I think round you I ate him.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah it were, No, you. you caught, could but, tell yeah, that you stung yeah. him on the TV. You could yeah. tell yeah. that you stung him. definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you could
11: see it as well. Then I haven't watched it back, but I know that when I hit him,
3: he yeah. he knew about it.
4: Go on, Gareth, what were you saying there? Sorry,
3: but 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 it was but basically. The fact that he wanted to box you afterwards and he didn't want to go toe-to-toe, you take that as a compliment, you know? You're going to go through some of these fights. I do, Gareth, but at the
11: end of the day, I'm an entertainer. I'm a modern-day gladiator. My job is to entertain. I don't care who you are. No-one wants to sit and watch a boring fight. I don't care who you are. Mm. Mm. No-one wants to sit down and go, yeah, let's watch geezer run on his bike. It's just not... I'm a crowd pleaser. You know, I fight with my heart on my sleeve. So, you know, I was expecting him to come and have it. And, you know, if he did come and have it, he definitely would have got cleaned out. Because as soon as we exchange, you know, I've got the better of him. Mm.
4: Um, I've got two um, from, from me, Connor. First of all, uh, where can I get my hand on the uh, crushing it in the gym T-shirt? <laughs> so they, Are they available?
11: <laughs> they are available, available on conorden.co.uk.
4: There you Make go. Make sure <laughs> you get your
11: tag, mate, because you know what I'll be doing next week? That's it.
4: I'll be crushing it in the gym, mate. I'll be having a go. Absolutely that. Absolutely. Uh, my yeah. second one is this, and, and, and this might have changed, actually, and it might have changed Eddie's uh, attitude this evening, given the response that you got from the crowd. I'm sure that he would want to put you in front of another stadium crowd here in the UK. But for me, I'm ready for an American trip, mate. And I reckon you're the guy that could take a few fans over. You know what I mean? A little bit of New York, a little bit of Vegas, something like that. You know what do you what? reckon?
11: You know what, man? I'm... Um... I just can't believe. I'm still overwhelmed by the um, by the support I got. I mean, wow. I I don't know what to say um, about it. And the thought that people would come to America to watch me fight is just like, wow. Um, I'm so grateful for my supporters. I mean, I just I'm just so blessed for the supporters, honestly. And you know, seeing that today, I must be doing something right.
4: Absolutely. Listen, just talk of the Broner fight. Is that something that yeah. you
11: want? I'll have Broner next. I'll have Broner here at the O2. I'll have Broner in a stadium out in America. Um, it do not bother me. But Broner's is definitely um, an opponent I'd love to fight and share the ring with this year. Obviously, that's if he wants it. Again, four-time world division world champion. I ain't shying away from nobody. If he wants to fight, you know, I'll happily give it to him, um, and that's not a problem, you know. And I'm he presents, again, a different struggle. Every fighter I fight presents a different struggle from Vargas to Formella to Granados, They're all presenting different struggles. Mm. And, you know, I believe I have the, the, the skill, um, mindset to overcome whatever obstacle they present. So I believe I'll figure Broner out and I'll, and I'll get to him. And I think that makes for a great fight for the British fans.
3: Have you talked seriously with Eddie Hearn about making that Broner fight, Connor? I think he's already on it. <laughs> I think he did really? it before the Granada's
11: fight.
4: Fantastic, fantastic.
2: So oh, that's, a, uh, that's, that's a potential my job, reality, my job, is
11: it? My, yeah, it is definitely a reality. My job is to focus on beating the man up on the other corner on the night. His job is to make the fights happen, show them the bag, and you know they can get a beating. So, is that this year? Is that this year, do you think? Very, pro- very possibly
4: there you have it. The guest list was absolutely Ram Jam full Saturday night. That's what it's like every Saturday. So if you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can do it on iTunes or via the TalkSport website. Don't forget, next week we are live from the Copper Box Arena. Sonny Edwards in action, Callum Johnson in action, and you heard Denzel Bentley a little earlier on. He's also in action as well. So come and join us for that, and we'll catch you next time.
2: right at home.
8: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required.